0: If you're looking for more pet health tips, you can also subscribe to my free daily newsletter at healthypets.mercola.com. Thank you so much for listening and enjoy today's podcast. Hi, I'm Dr. Kieran Becker. And today we have Arielle Gunn with us. TC nominated her for an Animal Game Changer Award. And we're so happy that she's taking a few minutes today to tell us a little bit more about why she's so passionate about what she's doing. So welcome, Arielle, and congratulations on your Game Changer Award. Oh, thank you so much for inviting me. So wonderful. So back up and tell us how you fell in love with animals. And is it all animals, everything with a heartbeat? Or are you drawn to any one type of animal and how your passion and love for animals came about?
1: Well, I think uh, like a lot of people, I loved animals from a young age. Sorry, I'm having a little cameo from a
0: foster kitten behind I me. I love that. I love that. <laughs> I'm going we'll to blur my screen. Tell us I, about, I love that. No, you'll have to tell us about that foster. And when you tell us about how you fell in love, because clearly. I will. I yeah. will. <laughs> so like a
1: lot of people, I was just a big animal lover from a young age. Um, my parents loved telling the story that I had a um, an all like a alter ego, of a little girl who would go on adventures and she was a vegetarian and she loved animals. And, um, and so her name was Amy Jr. Lux and I would just, she would go on adventures and she would save animals and she just, she just really um, should pink hair um, and just was a little bit more adventurous than I was. I was a very shy kid, but we had the animal, um, the love of animals in common. And it took me a little while um, to, Uh, to become a vegetarian I've been a vegetarian for about 25 years so that's a big part of my my love of animals as well Mm -hmm. Um, but uh, we I only had one cat growing up Um, all of my all of my animals have been rescued from the streets Um, and my dad found a cat when I was about eight years old and he was my companion until I was about 21. I had him for a really long time. Um, my parents helped me take such good care of him and he moved around. Um, he moved around with us. He lived in Puerto Rico. We lived on a boat in Florida. We lived on a farm in Missouri. Um, and he was just my, he was just my companion. We were such good friends and he was a cantankerous soul. He was not necessarily, you know, he was a, he was a cat. Um, and um um, I've I've always ever had cats. I love all animals, but cats have always mm. just, you know, kind of had my heart. I've got my my cat pins today that friends love it. Me. <laughs> love um, it. If you, you tell anyone you like cats, you get cat gifts. Um, but I've just always really been drawn to cats. I think they're sort of independent. You kind of have to work at it a little bit. Um, I've had dogs. My parents had dogs. My husband had a dog. Love dogs too. Dogs are great. So I would never, I would never want to choose or say what is best, but um, have just always been drawn to cats and their independence. And um, And I think they're just such great I think they're such great companions. I'm a little bit of an introvert. Um, mm-hmm. I was in graduate school a long time in my 20s. Oh, we're getting a little kitten stretch. Um, yes, I love it. And and they're just and they're just so they're just so great. They sit, they'll just sit next to you why you read or why you study. And I just find their purrs so restorative. Mm -hmm. So, Mm -hmm. you know, I think, I think a lot of cat lovers would, would agree.
0: Um, I I do. I totally, I totally get They're almost like little batteries and what energetic batteries, you know, they do a fantastic job of charging the environment around them, including us, which of course is restorative and reparative to our souls and hearts, which we love. So have you found yourself throughout your life, just having Stray kitties enter into your life. For instance, tell us how you acquired the little soul behind you.
1: Yes. Um. Yeah. I. I live in Florida, so we have we're warm all year round. Um. And so there's it's almost nearly constant kitten season. So there's always there's always cats being being born. So all of my current permanent residents were all found on the on the streets or outside somewhere. I've got a senior senior kitty who's sixteen. He's been my constant companion throughout multiple decades of my life now. Um, and um, so all the cats I currently have that are permanent residents um, were, were born were born on the streets and I either found them myself or someone brought them to me. And if I couldn't find a, a doctor, they, they hung around. Um, and then this little, sorry, <laughs> this little kitten, um, my husband and I were on a walk about six or seven weeks ago. Um, And uh, he just stopped in his tracks and he just saw these giant eyes um, in someone's yard. And um, we realized it was about a six-week-old kitten. And um, when I went to go kind of make a slow move towards it, it was clear that it had a severely injured leg. It couldn't really get away. So, you know, without thinking, I just had my husband go behind it and I scooped it up and talked to some neighbors. No one... No one said they had ever seen it before. I don't know about that, but scooped it up, brought it home. And my vet is so good to me. He lets me bring in my um my outdoor cats or any strays um that I have. He always lets me bring them in and he he gets me in right away. So, um, so good. I couldn't do it without my <laughs> without my wonderful yeah. vet. Not all vets yep. are comfortable seeing um comfortable seeing sort of street cats.
0: Yep. Yep. For sure. Well, that is, and that's beautiful that he, that he shares this special soft spot for people. Of course, all all veterinarians, of course, love animals, but it's wonderful that he recognizes the work that you're doing. And so how many, so then will you then place this kitty Ariel? You'll like get him fixed up and then find him a home.
1: Yes. Um, she just recently got spayed. Her leg has, um, really improved. She, she's now, a. uh, Kind of a manx. Um, she wasn't born a manx, but she lost her tail because of the injury. We're not sure um, if maybe she was picked up by a bird of prey or maybe a dog. But she had her leg and her groin and her tail were were really injured, and we weren't able to save the tail. Um, but uh, I've fallen in love with her. But my my cats, my resident cats, are a little bit older, so they're not they're not playing with her. So I yes. So it's always hard to say goodbye. I'm completely, I'm completely in love with her, but you know, I kind of fall in love with every cat. So if I can find, if I can find her the right, (laughs) the right home, I think that would really be ideal because she's so playful. She's only about um, maybe 10 weeks old. So she's just ready to party all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And then I also have outdoor cats too, that I take care of. So I I do TNVR.
0: and do you do several? Do you have several different neighborhoods of outdoor kitties you care for? Or are you kind of one primary area that you? One primary,
1: on? yeah, one primary area. Um, I got into TNVR when I um, when I moved to Tampa after I got married, and a mama cat had a litter of kittens underneath our house, um, and so I started checking around for for you know what services existed. Um, and I found our local um, humane society is amazing. They do TNVR every week. They nice. loan traps. It's really low cost. And that once those kittens got old enough, I trapped them. That was my, that was my first litter and um, a few of them disappeared. And one it's been Um, it's been a decade. She's still part of my backyard crew. Um, So uh, some of my cats, I've I've probably trapped around 50 just in my, just in my neighborhood and I take care of about 12 and they really kind of live on my street, probably much to the chagrin of my neighbors, (laughs) but I try to keep them in the, in the backyard. Um, Some of them are feral. I've never touched them other than trapping them and they just come for meals and then kind of disperse, but others are really more community cats that kind of turned into my outdoor cats. I'd love to place them. And when they become injured or ill, you know, I'll bring them inside to convalesce and take medication and they don't, they don't acclimate to the indoors. Of
0: course. Of course. So
1: if I could get them into homes, I absolutely would, but you know, it's hard to, it's it's hard for them to make that
0: transition when they're adults it is it is hard and but i'm also glad that and you know even with the neighbor situation it it does come down to like almost constant education where once people understand about you know holding space and that you know that they're by you controlling the numbers and because they are sterilized that you are just kind of treading water providing providing food and and that in essence doing your part to control population by doing that. Once there's the educational piece in place, oftentimes neighbor relations are better, but you're absolutely right. A lot of people that aren't familiar with outdoor kitty programs will say, well, wouldn't they be better inside? And it, they're not happier inside. In fact, they're highly stressed inside. So that's something yeah. that I think is good, good to talk about. What yeah. do you love most about when you think about all the kitties that you've helped and rescued and, and taking care of what, what gets you up in the morning to keep going?
1: I think even as a little kid, I always sort of loved the underdog and the runt. I was always drawn to the, the smallest dog or cat in the litter or the, the one that, that nobody wanted. Um, <laughs> so, you know, I see these unknown cats and, you know, in my heart just breaks a little bit because if something happens to them, there's no one there to trap them and take them to the vet or, or even humanely euthanize them. If, if, if that's what's necessary, you know, I've, I've euthanized several of my outdoor crew or cats that I've found or, or taken them in the vet just to give them a humane and loving end yeah. yeah. so they don't suffer. So, you know, when I see cats without a caretaker um, it just, it makes me so sad that someone's not someone's not paying attention to them. So, you know, I just, every day I count all the cats, you know, I check them out, make sure they're okay. Give them, you know, whatever preventative I can to keep them healthy. Um, and then when I go out, I go on walks almost every day and I'm just on the lookout for cats. I'm on the lookout for feeders, another, um, rescuer who does, who, who really is kind of a full-time rescuer. She's so dedicated and she traps probably hundreds and hundreds a year but she came out and helped me where i found the kittens she's on the floor now but um where i found the kitten i went back and there was a feeder and he had four or five pregnant he he had been feeding for several years he really cared about these cats but he had never fixed them so i tried to spend the time to connect with him educate him about the program of tnvr and you know it was a little dicey he was he was upset he was concerned that we were yeah. coming that we were coming to get them. And, you know, now I have a relationship with them. We've got two cats who are just, we just can't quite catch. So mm-hmm. I keep coming back. We communicate, but I, what I really try to do is communicate with my neighbors yeah. so that they don't just turn a hose on a cat, you know, or they don't see them as a nuisance but see them as kind of an opportunity to take care of an animal that, you know, is, part of the local ecosystem we don't have any rats on my street we don't have any mice or rats or or um we do have possums but that's just a Florida thing um so I just try to work with anyone who I see feeding cats in my neighborhood and if they're unable I'll help them trap and take them yeah. in um I I changed cars so I could haul cats a little easier um but but also I I loan my traps out. I bought a couple of my own and I loan them out and, um, and I show people, have them come over. I'll take my traps to their house and I'll show them how to use them. And it just makes it, I think it can just be so overwhelming. Like they, people really do have good intentions. They want to do the right thing, but they go online, they see the process, they worry, they don't know if they can do it. And so I just kind of show them the traps, show them how you know, they're built for cats, they're humane. And, um, and then they'll sometimes trap the two or three that they're feeding. And then they've just got their little outdoor colony that they take care of. And that's what I really love that I can, I work in education. um, So that's what I really love that I can share what I'm doing and share knowledge that makes it possible for other people to, to take care of the cats in their, their neighborhood
0: it really is, it it does come down to education in that the passions in you, and you can see the passion in these other beautiful souls caring for these kitties. But that piece of that one step further and educating the people who are feeding these animals about the important step of able to sterilize them as to not can you know to not foster an overpopulation issue but that piece of education allows you to connect with those animal lovers but also then provide better care to the animals that they're caring for so with this ripple effect of education providing better care to more animals in a bigger circle and i love that and they're probably in addition, to be a, in addition to being a born animal lover, it's clear that you're probably a born teacher or educator. And so you're fulfilling that with your kitty passion as well, which is really beautiful. If you could let the world know one thing about what you've learned or your evolution as um, a, kitty, a, a kitty caretaker, what would be the one thing you'd wanna share with the world?
1: I think the one thing that I would want everyone to know is that um, sm- small things really mm. do have a big difference. So, you know, I, I so appreciate the rescuers who are who are dedicated and spend every waking hour doing this. But I think if we all mm. put a little bit of time and effort and we're, we're willing to help animal that's sort of in front of us I think we could you know just make a big difference certainly we're making a big difference in that that animal's life um but I think if if folks just felt like empowered and had the resources to do kind of like take care of the issue in front of them rather than hope someone else will come in and and take over so just you know, giving people the confidence and the knowledge to, you know, try to trap that neighborhood cat that's roaming around that they see. Um, And I just think that would make such a big difference because one unfixed cat can
0: (laughs) become many, many other cats. (laughs) It's, and you know, I also, I love, I love your heart in that. Uh, Some people say, well, you know, I'm not I know people who are full-time rescuers or I know people that you know do this but the truth is you you know you're you have a career and a job outside of loving your your rescue kitties and yet you're able to meld the two you have a career and a profession and a job and a life it's not all animals but you are an animal lover and you've been able to to weave that passion of caring for the animals in your neighborhood into your life in that you're just focusing on the animals that the universe is presenting to you on your path. When you're out on your walkabout, you're not not trying to invite more kitties in, but you are caring (laughs) for all the animals in your path. I do think that that is an ethical and moral obligation that every human has on the planet that just, you don't need to go looking, but if there is an animal that needs help in front of you, I do believe it is our duty, ethical duty to care for it. And you're living, walking, breathing, happy proof it just by doing that, caring for the animals in your, physically in your own neighborhood provides a dramatic impact farther beyond. And you're, you're helping people all over your community learn more, do better, and then in turn, those animals have a better quality of life just by you caring for the animals in front of you. So I love that advice.
1: Oh, thank you so much. And thank you for putting it so beautifully.
0: <laughs> really, really wonderful. So do you, Ariel, do you share some people? I, I've talked to a lot of rescuers that say, I don't have a website. I don't want to talk about it. I don't post, I'm not on social media and I just do this between me and the cats. And that's great. If you do have a website or if you do share your stories, um, it, or do you share your stories? Because if so, well, people might want to follow you or check in and see. And if you don't, I totally get it.
1: <laughs> um, I just I'm pretty private on social media. Um, yeah. My cat, Master Marmalade, does have his own Instagram account, nice. which is public, and that's nice. usually where I put my fosters, so I can share that. Um, mostly, it's Master Marmalade sharing his inner thoughts, and I like he's grumpy, so it's it's a little bit funny as well. But it's also where if I see any fosters or put out a put out a call. Um, but I do have a lot of organizations that. I don't have a leadership role in them, but they support me, you know, fosters oh, that I reach out to and that assist me with resources or help, help calm me down when I find an animal, an injured animal. And I, you know, I don't have any vet tech experience and they, they tell me you can do it. Um, mm. The local humane society, other, other animal rescues. So um, they support,
0: they support me and so I try good. to. them. You bet. You bet. Yeah. And that is also, I think that that's incredibly reassuring uh, because you're just out doing your passion for the animals that you encounter. It's really fantastic that you have established this relationships with people that can offer mutual support you and, and the organizations around you have this really great relationship there. Again, you can introduce other animal lovers or other people feeding kittens to these resources. I absolutely think part of the confusion when you find something is, you know, what do I do? And so by you, having been down this road before, you can help others read, you know, reach those resources and provide those resources to people that wouldn't otherwise know what to do. And I think that that alone is such a comforting piece to people that say, I don't know what to do. And you didn't either, but you figured out what to do yeah. and now you're sharing that. And that's exactly, I think, how the world becomes better for animals. So we appreciate all that you're doing for the kitties in your neighborhood mm-hmm. and in your path. We appreciate Tacey for nominating you. And I love the fact that you are, happily going about taking care of the animals in your path that are presented to you um, and also educating the people around you on uh, how to empower and make better choices for the kitties that are in their lives. So I love everything that you're doing.
1: Thank you so much. Such a pleasure meeting with you and, and really an honor and thank you for everything that you do.